insurance is not the sexiest space, right? Uh, though it, as hard as I try to make it sexy, uh, and it's not the natural place for, I think, for, for folks to, to land. So there's gonna be a little bit of a dearth of talent, so there'll be a talent war. today to be here with Karn Soroya. He is the CEO of RE. Welcome, Karn. Thanks for having me, Josh. You're doing work today with large language models, a lot of data. Maybe you could tell us specifically kind of about your insights into the space and, and, and specifically you know, how you're applying it through a business like RE. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, just for, for some context, I mean, RE, RE is an on-chain reinsurer. Um, and so we back other insurance companies scaled to like a $35 million top line over the last couple of months. Um, and one of the, the unique artifacts and features of what we do is we enable uh, distributed teams of actuaries and underwriters uh, to be able to uh, gain access to data on specialty insurance, underwrite, price that data, help us ultimately take risk on it. Um, in the in the vein, so it's like a, a decentralized lids of London. Um, in, the, in the vein of like... Uh, What's happening uh, with LLMs in, in you know the advent of um, you know some of these more specialized models? Um, we've been thinking more critically about is there an opportunity for their foundational model to be built in around structured insurance information, right? Like uh, insurance companies, financial services businesses, in many ways resemble glorified databases, um, and, and in some instances, you know a lot of the challenges structurally, especially for incumbents. Um, Sitting around data standardization, being able to interpret, uh, you know, data, um, information being locked away in in PDFs and in contracts um, that may be non-conformant with what uh, you know a, a bank or an insurance company or reinsurer would want. Um, and so, you know, we were thinking critically about, hey, is there an opportunity for there to be a, a AI-driven syndicate? This is replacing a you know a team that would otherwise be focused. On a specific domain, like um, you know, aviation underwriting aviation risks, or um, you know, uh, other transportation risks or property risks, um, and, and so our initial foray into this is, hey, we we have access as by virtue of working with a broad cross section of insurance companies in a sanitized way, um, because we already build software to standardize information internally and then public uh, pub publish it to a blockchain uh, in a ledger. Uh, have have this model uh, spit out some of the things that would be salient to making decisions around participating in insurance in insurance risks. So, you know, scoring scoring insurance businesses and uh, and programs by hazard, um, geographic concentration by zip code, um, using using uh, the interpretations that a LLM would make is kind of a benchmark against the art and science. Uh, of what a underwriter and a uh, you know a fellow of the Society of Actuaries um, would arrive at, and so it's it's an emergent field. Uh, it's still very early days. You know the modalities that are most commonly um, being explored are, are the, the, the obvious ones that people that people can interact with. You know the the uh, the creation of text, um, images, uh, soon to be videos. Um, yeah, you know the, the things that. Are, are, generally speaking, catch the attention um, of a broader audience are, are being explored. But I think what you're going to see um, over time, it is unclear to me yet whether there'll be a single foundational model or a set of foundational models with significant specialization. This work its way into all of financial services. Anything that requires 
um, you know, significant analytical or quantitative throughput, ingestion of structured data, perhaps over decades, um, uh, is, is going to be, uh, you know, something that we see emerge pretty soon. Yeah. How do you sort of walk that line between building what other people need and building what you think the industry needs? Yeah. So, so the, you can think about this as like, as opposed to API endpoints that you just integrate into, it is a set of business processes that people are already familiar with. Right. So like, for, for example, when we receive submissions from insurance programs, they come in every shape, size, and form, right? Uh, or or for, from, from fronting carriers. Our job is, well, we're not going to change how they do business. That's not necessarily what I, I'm, I have invested interest in. What I care about is making sure that our investors, that regulators, that any users of the protocol have a standard view of that information and can compare and contrast if it's necessary. So we build the transformers, right, at the end of the day uh, to solve a problem that helps us analytically downstream, right? Uh, is that useful to others? Absolutely, it's, it's useful to others, right? Um, it's largely solving the problems that we have for ourselves by running the business ourselves, right? Uh, uh, and so, yeah, that, that's how I think about it. I, you know, I think behavior change is difficult. I think, um, you know, there are a lot of entrenched software interests and in insurance that drive 70, 80% of their revenue from, from services simply fixing the software that, that they sell, you know, to incumbents, which is ridiculous. Um, and that's not what we endeavor to be, right? It's like, here, set an example, show, show that it gives us a permanent structural advantage from an economic perspective and, and, and compoundment. Uh, while while leaving the door open to participation from a broad cross section of insurance students and other reinsurance partners, like that, that's how I think about it. Are there any sort of you know modern MGAs, modern insurance tech type MGAs for holders on your platform, or can you see that happening in the future? And what would you be looking for in order to you know feel comfortable putting that through the platform? Yeah, so so I mean a lot a lot of the the programs that are on us now are seasoned, right? So they're not necessarily in sure text. Um, yep. You know, I, I, I don't want to like point folks out or discredit folks, um, but it is, you know, it's difficult to find in sure tech MGAs with an, an advantage, right? Like I, I think a lot of them just look a lot like new programs, <laughs> like, uh, the, you know, that are, that are trying to scale into new business and paying new business penalties is kind of a result of that. Now, is that super important for, um, you know, the insurance ecosystem that they are built and that they scale? I think absolutely it is, right? Um, uh, but we tend to be pretty selective on the tech side. Part of that is like, hey, what's the historical performance been? Another part of that is like, how, how, how do these folks think about, that, you know, scale and profitability for themselves? Because we want them to be going concerned just as much as we want to be a going concern, right? Um, and if, and if the business model was predicated on continuous capital injections in a hard market that um, is not is no longer valuing premiums um, at what is it forty x but you know uh, it, it, or um, is valuing growth above profitability at all costs, I just don't know that that's viable for us. You know what 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 do you think is required? 
for these businesses to sort of not just be the cannon fodder that's at the front line um, and, 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 and has a chance more to, to, you know, win the ground war and be sustainable all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, so my, my viewpoint on it is like you can think about this as kind of like the dot-com bust for, for insurtechs and fintechs, like fintechs that were being valued, like where, where interchange revenue is being valued as like SaaS revenue. I don't know if that's going to come back. It may come back to some extent, but, uh, but I'm not sure. Um, my, my broader concern is like, and, and perhaps it's just like folks have been quiet because things have been hard, um, is like, are these businesses redeemable? Are they willing to take the pain at this point to be able to reorient the ship um, towards something that is sustainable? There are a subset that are redeemable. I think there are a subset that are not redeemable. Um, and, I, and I think where I've seen the most action um, and most interesting stuff has actually not been on the distribution side. It's been on the SaaS side where folks are building tools that, um, that augment the capabilities of, of insurance incumbents, but even then the sales cycles are pretty slow, right? Um, so, so it is, it's a interesting inflection point within FinTech and InsurTech. Like, is it, is there going to be enough juice, you know, is there going to be enough meat on the bone for good entrepreneurs, people who can build something from nothing to commit, you know, 10 years of their lives um, into building into this space. Uh, I, I think the, the enterprising ones are going to find the pockets. They're, they're going to, you know, they're going to, uh, they're going to swim through that lane at, and we'll get there. And I, and it might actually end up being the case that it's the, the folks that have felt the pain of building businesses in this space uh, and understand now what levers they have to pull uh, that that will be the winners, but you never know. Besides what we've talked about already in, in, in terms of some of the inefficiencies in the market and how this type of technology can improve that, do you, do you see any bigger picture trends in reinsurance over the next few years as the industry continues to evolve? Yeah. I mean, look, this is a cyclical business, right? Um, it's, it's going to, you know, there are, there are a couple of trends, but it's not specific to kind of like the, the turbulence that we've seen over the last little while, right? Like I, I think there's going to be a war for talent as you see, as you see turnover, um, the average, yeah, you know, rightly or wrongly, most folks that I meet that have been in this business for a long time are reaching retirement age and they want, you know, they want to pass on their learnings and their legacies to a new generation. I, I, I think um, insurance is not the sexiest space, right? Uh, though as hard as I try to make it sexy, um, it, it is not, uh, and it's not the natural place for, I think, for, for folks to, to land. So there's going to be a little bit of a dearth of talent. So there'll be a talent war, um, that is going to be emerging, I think over the course of the next maybe half decade or so. Um, the rest of it is really the cyclicality of this business. Folks are concerned about inflation. They're really from losses under fixed income portfolios and cat and, and really from cap losses. But at the end of the day, capital will, will like other times in, in other cycles, will flow back into this market uh, and will be on the other end of the swing, right? So um, I, 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 you know, if I get anything out of this, it's kind of like, hey, it's going to be a war for talent. And I, and I think the timelines to the acceleration of technology adoption are going to be much quicker than people anticipate. Um, and, and what, you know, it gives me comfort is like the smartest people I think I've, I've met so far have been in reinsurance. These are, these are well-run places with tons of smart people. And there are going to be folks that want to take up the mammoth, right? 
um, and so I, I'm generally optimistic in that regard. Arn Soroya, CEO of RE. It's been great to have you on. Yeah, thanks again, Josh. I appreciate the time.